and welcome to Manga Explaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Dan Bioki, Christopher Woodrow Butcher, Chip Zdarsky, and myself, David Brothers. Follow along with our show notes and reading list at mangasplaining.com. And I got it in one that time for yet again the first time <laughs> in several weeks. <laughs> it's nice to be the editor, though. I can, you know, fix it in post. But this episode is our 27th episode of season four. See, I messed that up. Season three is the one we're on now. <laughs> and this is our season retrospective. Traditionally, in that we've done two of these before, we like to go over the past season and talk about books we like, things we, you know, kind of revisit a lot of different things. But that was when Christopher was in charge. <laughs> and, and I'm not. I'm not anymore. <laughs> Oh, no. Unfortunately, he asked me to host a retrospective this time, so I asked my manga-splaining gang to choose two books from this season that they enjoyed, would revisit, and would like to pitch to someone. Because the original you know, core of our podcast is manga for people who don't read much manga. We're kind of a recommendation engine, let's say, the real-life algorithm of the manga industry. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> that was off the top, too. <laughs> I prefer to think of myself as a manga sommelier. Ooh, mm. yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I like that. The bookshelves Insert of one of Deb's picks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I put thought into making sure that I pick the manga that it matches what they want to eat. <laughs> so Fantastic. <to> <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of inspired to do this when, I think it was last episode, maybe the one before that, when I just randomly asked Chip what one of our mutual friends, what she would think of a manga, what he would recommend to her. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of keep that energy going and have the gang recommend manga to new readers who like a certain thing, like a movie, TV show, whatever. Like if you like X, maybe you'll like Y or Z, and here's why. So, manga explaining retrospective recommendation episode. So we'll go around and around for the first pick. We'll each share one. We'll go around again. We'll each share two, and then the third round, we will announce the first three books of manga explaining season four which we might have already technically announced on the podcast and then integrated into season three, thanks to like a small scheduling error. But hey, Oops. free podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, who... Does anyone really want to start? Does anyone have a pitch they're eager to get off their chest? I see Christopher smiling into the camera. I, You know what? I will. I'll start. I'll... All right. We did, a, we did a thing this year, say 27 episodes, but we actually did like eight weeks of double, I think we did 11 weeks of double books this <laughs> yeah. year. And so my first pick actually was going to be one of those double books, one of the sponsored reads, which was Mars by Chihoro oh, Osorio, yeah. I think, uh, which was really good. But then I thought, oh, maybe that's not, maybe that's cheating. So I'm going to pick the whole episode that had Mars in it. And that was the episode that was Witch Hat Atelier Volume 1 by Komomi Shirahama. And Mars Volume 1, oh, by Fuyumi Soroyo. Sorry, sorry about that. I wanted to pick that as my first recommendation. Both of these books are, Witch Hat Atelier is a story of a young girl who isn't magical, who wants to make magic, wants to, lives in this magical kingdom and wishes more than anything she can make magic. And she discovers that the secret of magic is that anyone actually can do it. And it's about drawing and it's about drawing sigils and and things like that. And it's a good anti-chosen hero, Joseph Campbell kind of a, a thing. It's like a really good subversion of, of these hero archetypes. Like anyone can be the hero. Anyone can do these special things. You just have to be given access. You have to be given the tools. I think it's an amazing message for a book. And I wanted to recommend it specifically because I think it is beautiful, and I don't know – I know that we were all blown away reading this book by just like some of the spreads and some of the single page illustrations, but also the emotions, the like the gimmicks, the, the thing the, which are the like magical devices and things like that. Like it's just a gorgeous book, and it has special meaning for me too. When we were on our first manga explaining trip to Japan, actually – David was feeling a little under the weather, unfortunately, but Chip and Deb and I actually came across an ex- like an exhibition of her work in, I want to say Shibuya. So when I think about this book, I think of it of like a fond time being in Japan with you guys. And that's kind of why Manga Explaining started in the first place. That's actually where we got the idea to maybe start the podcast. So yeah, I, I, I really like what you had to tell you. Without David. Amazing. No. <laughs> well, we'll have to make up for that soon, won't we, David? <laughs> won't we have to make up for it? Hint, hint. <laughs> Uh, sorry, we could talk about going and getting lamb up in Hokkaido, but I don't think that I can't bring that. I, I can't just connect. About how that. I haven't had dinner yet. 
after working. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> oh, cruel. That charcoal grilled lamb was like so good. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, which had to tell you a special being for me. I've actually really started to appreciate it more and more thinking back on it since we did the episode as well. And yeah, I would have no problem recommending this to anyone who's in the mood for like good fantasy. I know that fantasy has gotten exceptionally dark. I think, you know, Lord of the Rings and that other, the other show, the Game of Thrones shows and, and the movies and whatever have really like pushed things maybe in a darker direction with fantasy and especially high fantasy because it's one way to subvert the tropes of fantasy. And I think this is another way to show that the sort of traditional narratives we've had are not necessarily what they need to be. So especially for a young person, but I think anyone of any age who just loves beautiful illustration would probably totally dig this. And since it's in the episode, I want to mention Mars as maybe that next level, that next age group up of like confused high school people. Like it's about a girl who's relentlessly bullied, who also is an artist who draws, who, you know, drawing is the most important thing to her until she meets a guy that she thinks she would never consider. Cause he's like, a bad boy who <laughs> cuts the brakes on someone's car at one point and is like, but also has the brakes on his motorcycle cut. So it's fair trades. It's, it's a weird book in that regard, but it's like, yeah, it really digs into some real issues. It's also about how art is this like saving place for somebody who is experiencing a lot of trauma in their day-to-day life and who finds comfort in an unexpected place. So I think those two books sort of go hand in hand in a weird way. It was weird that we paired them up. Actually, it just by happenstance, because we didn't record them back to back, it ended up being a really good episode and one of my favorites to work on. I was reading, I was skimming through the show notes for the last couple of days in preparation for today's episode. And yeah, Witch Head Atelier, I would say anyone who likes fantasy, especially young people, because there's some good messaging in there, but anyone who likes gorgeous art and Mars, again, the art is gorgeous as a shoujo series and it feels like it has real stakes, not just like, will they, won't they for infinite volumes, but like multiple people almost get brutalized in the first volume of the shoujo manga. David actually, the pull quote from the episode was, <laughs> I didn't realize I needed a like a dark nihilist to finally, like to be the protagonist to really enjoy shoujo manga, but it happened and now Mars is for me. <laughs> yeah, if someone wants something, their, their shoujo a little edgier than maybe some of the other shoujo titles we've read this season, Mars is a good one. So those are my first combined recommendations for this, for this season. It's uh, episode 72 if you want to go listen. I like it. Already pushing boundaries by picking two books for your first book. But <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Whoops. <laughs> That's sort of the theme. It's of the one season. episode. It's one episode. <laughs> Deb, how about you? What do you have for your first pick? Oh, gosh. So tough. Manga for people who don't read much manga before. I think the, the one, besides Akira, that everyone mentions is Lone Wolf and Cub. And that's mm. one that I kind of regret mm. that we really... It was a sponsored episode, and I think we could have spent the whole hour just talking about how masterful and how influential this book is. Mm. It's kind of something that you could take for granted, right? Because it was one of the first manga that was published in English in North America. And it's the one that everyone pulls out and says, oh, yeah, you got to read it, or like they have read it. But I still stand behind Mm. it because I think even if you've read it before and even if you've heard a lot about it, you can go back to it and discover lots of amazing things about it. You can appreciate the artistry. You can appreciate the visual storytelling. And then, you know, it's not a perfect book by any stretch of imagination, but it is a classic seinen manga. Like the, like when seinen manga was manly. It was like unapologetic <laughs> manly. <laughs> yeah. Barrel chest everywhere. Barrel chest, naked. Where they put the man in manga. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They really do with that one. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just, I always feel like that's a really good one to it. You know, it recommended people who like, you know, action movies, who like, you know, like Kung Fu or Samurai movies, who appreciate historical fiction. And the mm. stakes are high, but it also has like this nice bit of humanity with the sun, with mm-hmm. Daigoro. It's a, it kind of, it's something that's easy to take for granted. And it's easy to go, oh, yeah, yeah, that book. But I, I whenever I read it, I rediscover something new that I love about it. It's pretty cool how it also kind of like unlocks other media for you in a way. Like as you read Lone Wolf and Cub, you'll go like, oh, this is like a samurai trope. This is like a specific thing in Japanese culture I've seen before, but didn't realize was, you know, like a concrete thing. It's fun. Yeah, I totally like that. Chip, Mm. what's your first pick? Well, you know, it was a witch had atelier. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I admit it was that one was on my list. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. shit! The, re- the rear triple crown right there. <laughs> Wait, qu- quad quadruple crown was it one of yours, David? Too? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I mean, like Chris summed it up super well. All I was going to say is that if I like the kind of book where I could recommend it to a child because of the kind of the simplicity of that kind of genre, those kind of tropes, you know, it reminds me of like, you know, Wrinkle in Time, Harry Potter, like, oh, you're normal, but maybe you're not. But with that added element of like, anyone can actually do this is the secret mm-hmm. within that universe. But the art is so lovely that I think even as an adult who doesn't necessarily jive with the story, I, I could look at it all day. Like I, I want to see volume two because it's just, it's so well done and so beautifully drawn. I think last time we did talk about that, we mentioned like P. Craig Russell and Jim Chung yeah. as kind of like uh, artists that you could compare it to. So fans of those kind of artists where there's a lot of detail, but it's not overwhelmed with the detail. Mm. I think I think fans of those artists would, would really like it. But my big selling feature is the toilet where you poop into outer space. <laughs> I think I think that's how I think that's how you sell that to uh basically anyone. And I, I stand behind that. I think that's also how you close out the series at the very end when the space wizards come, you know, for revenge. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they're furious. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. <laughs> oh, my God. oh man! <laughs> so my pick for this first round is "Witches" by Daisuke Igarashi. Oh, nice. oh wow! Oh. Yeah, so I came close to "Witch at Atelier." It was I, it was one of my contenders, but it didn't quite make the final list. And I chose "Witches" because, like, I like series like "The Boys" on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Prime streaming trademark. And you sick, twisted. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because they do all these things where it's like, here's something you know well, like here's superhero, yada, yada. And here's like the turn, just slightly weird version, or maybe a lot weird. Yeah. Where it digs into like superhero sex life and, you know, morality, immorality. It's all old news if you read comic books. Like we've been telling these stories for decades. But to <laughs> yeah. see it on TV and be a hit in the specific way it is, I thought was really interesting. And it shows there's yeah. something there to that kind of like undertone, like what's underneath the surface bit. And I think witches really serves a similar purpose, but much less crass, like to be fair. Where mm. it takes this thing we know where it's like, here's a witch, like pointy hat, rides a broom, yada, yada, yada. But here's what's underneath all of that. And I think during that episode, Deb was talking really like movingly, convincingly about how that undertone was part of the draw of the series, how it kind of gave it some of its, its storytelling energy and like thinking back on it. Yeah. Like it's such a cool looking book, even though I think we all didn't really vibe with like the first couple of stories, like we were all in by the end. And I think that yeah. says something, you know? Yeah. And also beautiful. Yeah. I'd almost made one of my picks and it was just that first story where it was like, I saw exactly what he was trying to do and it didn't quite come together for me, unfortunately. But like the last mm-hmm. half of that book is, Really, really strong. I'm so glad you picked it, actually, because I it's one that I wanted to recommend. But we had some bangers this season, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is actually, I'm glad Chip said the bit about how even if he's not into the story specifically, he could still respect the craft. Because that's something that comes up on the podcast a lot. You know, while mm-hmm. we're editing or while we're doing show notes and things like that. We're always like saying, like, well, this isn't like the part that I like. But this part was really impressive. And mm-hmm. I think it yeah. speaks to the breadth of manga that there's so many different types of stories many different things they're trying to do that even if it doesn't land like they still get mostly on the runway which is yeah. a grim metaphor yeah. and now that i've said it, <laughs> 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 they get in the ballpark there we go we'll, we'll go with that there it is yeah, yeah yeah and that's part of the fun like ever since i was a kid there was always something about manga that was different you know and and as an adult i recognize yeah. that like they have genres that we don't have in the u.s and that's fun. I don't know. Inside the park home run. Inside the park there home we run go. is what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, 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 it's like, you know, it didn't quite knock it out of the park, but it definitely, like, I don't think anyone's going to be upset about buying witches. Yeah. Quite honestly. It's uh, it's a solid one. So good metaphor. Good good save metaphor. Actually. Yeah, we got to keep that metaphor, actually. That's great. We could even build on yeah. cross game with that. Make it a manga Boom. Yeah. trope. Mm. <laughs> How did you know I was going to pick cross game for my next pick? I'm curious. <laughs> because. Are I you serious? 
Yeah, he actually picked it. Cross Games <laughs> my next pick. Is that your th- is that your next pick too? Sorry, what That's I meant to say pick. was really. Sorry, then That's you chip. Poop. You go first. You go yeah. first. No, 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 no. I mean, wow. like, we... no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say like I had I was gonna do a twofer because I was gonna pair ping pong with Cross Game. <laughs> as our as our sports manga and i just assumed you would have picked ping pong yeah and wow. so and so i swerved and i went for for cross game ultimately <laughs> hmm. and i did the twofer before you got to it too yeah uh-huh. yeah, so yeah such a really... chance of that not happening and he still made it happen <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> no this is actually what i was hoping for when i came up with this kind of plan was the overlap in the conversation that would come from it <laughs> yeah yeah. Because something else i was curious was who's gonna pick books that they pick this season well i was gonna pick I, that's why the only reason i wouldn't have picked cross game or ping pong is like i'm not gonna pick two books that i picked because i went to those knowing i loved those and i wanted mm-hmm. to be surprised and actually which had to tell you what was the one where it was like yeah i've been thinking a lot about it which is i've been thinking a lot about before since we did the the, the podcast it's it's weird some of the ones i picked like all my darling daughters i actually you know, like, I think it was like good, but not, didn't need to be brought up again. You know what I mean? Like it was good yeah. for what it was. And I think we all enjoyed it. I think Massive is really an important book, but I think we really covered it between that and Tagami's follow-up book. So we yeah. didn't really need, you know what I mean? For me, it's, it's cross game. It's just banging that drama for a cross game because it's my, my the reason I wanted to pick it. And the thing I wanted to say about it is that like, I think anyone who makes comics needs to read that first volume. And I think mm-hmm. that that's like, Recommending a comic to someone who likes or makes comics is not exactly <laughs> what the podcast <laughs> tagline is, but I think it's in this. I was thinking about this because Akira was the other one I was actually going to maybe pick, and it's like I I think if you make comics, you have to read Akira. Like it's just the more I think about that last volume and how it builds and how what what it does in the volume itself, even as like a you know air quotes filler volume, it's just like it's just phenomenal. Like I can't, I can't get over it, but cross game, I think from a storytelling perspective is maybe stronger. And I think that that's maybe heresy. Cause I know Akira, like I just called it one of the greatest books of all time, but like just the way the panel to panel transitions, the fact that as a cartoonist, Adachi is willing to go cartoonier, which means that you can do things with his characters that are like, outsized whereas akira like tomo pushes things a little cartoony here and there to get sort of a desired effect when you start from looney tunes you can go real wacky you know what i mean (laughs) but if you start from realistic going going too far it's gonna it's gonna be discordant with with the gorgeous photorealistic background better than photo backgrounds quite honestly so yeah cross game the storytelling is it's just not like anything i've ever encountered before in comics i think it's just one of the best told stories even if you don't care about anything that's going on like just it's so masterful that bringing you through the story but you will because it's about kills you bleep all that i guess sorry no spoilers <laughs> and no swears but like it's just it's it's so the the responses that we got online when we put up the cross game episode people were like oh right i read that for the first time and uh, i hate you all for recommending it because now i have to buy nine volumes and yeah. i didn't see the twist coming at all and i was just like oh and it, or the people who were like oh i reread it again because i think chris recommended it 10 years ago or something and oh my god it just still hit like i would read it for the first time and it's so good and it's just like yeah that's a book that man really connects with people in the same way that Space Brothers does, which we just did, like that episode just went up as we're recording this. And it's like, it's because there's nothing like it in comics in North America. So when you read it, it is not just comics that you know and love and a little maybe difficult because it's, you know, left to right or right to left, sorry. But it's so fresh. And it's just, Cross Game, if you like comics, you owe yourself to yourself to read the first volume of Cross Game because he's doing stuff with the storytelling there you've never seen before, but will make perfect natural sense to you as a reader. It's the kind of book that should be like Scott McCloud's favorite book in terms of aspect to aspect, you know, panel transitions or whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's my cross game pitch. Chip, what was yours? I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <a> similar. <laughs> it's funny, when I was pairing ping pong and cross game, I realized that with both of those books, they're books that I immediately started recommending to comic artists. Mm. Mm. Just just because they, they do such interesting things and kind of masterfully handle scene transitions, panel transitions, emotional beats, especially cross game. Cross game is the one Besides Akira, that felt to me like 
the best classic manga. Hmm. Like it, it had a very classic feel to it. It was so clean, well told. And the fact that it's a ostensibly a baseball book that kind of deals with youth and grief and also doesn't really get that far into the baseball stuff. Like, you know, you learn enough about the sport throughout so you can keep up with it, which is solid. But I was going to compare it to something like Friday Night Lights. Mm. I don't know if okay, anyone yeah. here ever watched totally. that. You know, it's a it's a book about, you know, high school football in the States, which is a big deal. But it's not necessarily going to be about, like, by the end of season one, they win it all. Like, it's about it's about the slow progression and kind of moving through life and moving through the sport at the same time until you finally hit the final episode of the final season. And even that is just kind of left up in the air as to whether they, you know, take it all home. Mm. Cross game felt to me a lot like that in terms of like kind of using the sport as well to kind of deal with things that are happening in your life. Yeah. You know, ping pong too, but cross game is just so well done. And it, it definitely feels like ping pong would be hard to recommend to just anyone because I think the art style would actually kind of like throw some people off, especially mm. as an example of manga. I know there are probably people out there that think ping pong is ugly. Like, oh, it's ugly. Oh, God, those, those faces. Yeah, yeah. They're fools. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Cross Game is just such a classic, clean cartooning style and, 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 and so well done that I think that's the kind of book you could recommend to anyone. So that's why it's my hmm. pick. Yeah, pretty good. Ping pong would have been a little bit obvious for me to pick, I guess. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I should have realized that. But I agree with you 100%. And I think that ping pong stylistic works obviously work in service of it but it's not the kind of thing that someone who's not used to comics and stylism stylistic choices is going to i've been surprised actually when i was when i was more of a comic book retailer putting books in people's hands and having them go oh it's ugly oh i'll try and read it anyway for stuff that i thought was beautiful like really beautiful and it's just comics have an inherent thing where if you're not like a comics person you actually notice every like, like, why are all those lines on that person's face? And it's like, oh, that's to show like the planes of like the, their face and their cheekbones and things like that. And they're like, oh, okay, it's weird. And you're just like, but no, but that's how we draw. That's like, that's goes back to Michelangelo. Like you draw like hatching and things like that to show like shape and form. And people are like, he looks like he's got lines all over his face. And that's, and that's, if you're not, we're so inside sometimes, it's really hard to see that people are going to have that kind of reaction. And like something cartoony, which is so broad and so familiar, like cross game, I think will land differently than something like ping pong, which is pushed more towards realism, but then has very strong stylistic stuff. So yeah, I think you were right to, I think you were right in your, your reasoning there too, bud. Yeah. Nice. I am devastated that you two picked the same books for one and two. (laughs) (laughs) Like of all the things I saw maybe coming, like this was not on my list. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Deb, did you also pick ping pong or cross game? I did not. I did not. Thank goodness. I am like, oh, I wasn't supposed to pick the book I picked. (laughs) (laughs) I I picked one of them, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, quality no is quality. Okay, well, I was gonna. I mean, I was going to pick Blue Giant because Blue Giant is my favorite, mm. favorite, favorite. Figured. Mm. Maybe that's too easy. So my second choice was Dick Fight Island. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I love Dick Fight Island. I just, if I even just say the words Dick Fight Island to someone when I'm recommending it to them, they just bust out laughing. <laughs> and the title just sells itself it's like well you know there's this island and then there's these different tribes and then they wear these armor to protect their thingies the armor is super elaborate but guess what they haven't heard about the prostate gland anyway it just goes on (laughs) (laughs) but guess what (laughs) but guess what (laughs) they will it's just like a, a super funny boys love comic i mean it's not even i hate to call it boys love because it's it's not about it's not what you would consider boys love which is like you know the two high school boys who are classmates who kind of maybe kind of maybe are attracted to each other or maybe it's the the straight office worker and his not so straight co-worker or the or the guy from the wrong side of the tracks and then they kind of get it on there's nothing shy and sweet about this <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just it's just uh it's just a banger in every sense of the word. 
absolutely. Oh, my choice of words coming back to haunt me. So I love it. And the art's fun and it's full of, it's really funny and it doesn't take itself too seriously. And if you're new to boys love, it's, it'll crack you up. If you're, if you've read a lot of boys love, it'll crack you up. Mm -hmm. I just enjoy it. We did a a panel at New York Comic Con called This Manga is Awesome. And then Mm -hmm. one of our panelists was a librarian. And so she picked Dick Fight Island because she was no longer constrained by, you know, picking something that was good or the best (laughs) of the year. It was was just like, it was just like crazy. So then someone in the audience tweeted, the librarian's picks are escalating in an interesting way. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, Anyway, I just, I find it fun. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad. I was hoping somebody would pick either Dick Fight Island or Birds of Shangri-La. I was like, mm. as you know, at least at least we got like one kind of adult sexy pick in there. <laughs> Deb, I think you should pitch Blue Giant as well because Christopher started it too, so you can in with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should go for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I just love Blue Giant just because it, like, one, it's uplifting. It's an underdog story. It's three college age boys starting a band, and then. Uh, one is an absolute beginner, and then one is really knows his stuff since he was a kid, and the other one's kind of new to it, but real super enthusiastic. Like the way that the characters play off each other, and the way that they, you know, it's, it's like it's kind of like one of those, uh, like a sports story in a lot of ways. Like you know, the, the underdog team trying to make it to the big leagues, but also there's mm-hmm. it teaches me something new all the time. Like I learned a lot about jazz just by you know mm. reading this book. And I'm so excited that the the movie's coming out in February. So hopefully. is it coming out here in February or in Japan? In Japan, and who knows how much longer it'll be after that when it ever comes. So to the we US. should book our flights now and mm. get cheap prices. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. The trailer looked great. Yeah, the trailer really did yeah. look good. I think the art's really mm-hmm. great, and it you know how people say like Naoki Urasawa manga is good because the art is very accessible to people who don't read a lot of manga. And I think the same mm. goes for Blue Giant. Like, I think it, it's not too stylized. It's not too manga-y. You can follow the story and you can mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. invested in it. And there's a lot of great, like, in when we're talking about wordless storytelling, like the visual storytelling, like, there's, he has a couple of chapters where he just does purely wordless storytelling, which is really well done. Mm-hmm. I actually really like Blue Giant. I was thinking about yeah. picking it for myself, too, so... Yeah, good pick. I was happy to read that this season. And I liked that we started at volume five and we skipped all the nonsense bullshit in high school because I'm done with reading those <laughs> stories. It was great. Blue Giant was actually on my, like I did like a top five and then whittled down from there. And it was okay. on mine as well. Because oh, I liked wow. how it took like sports manga storytelling and bent it towards mm. music. And mm, I guess it's yeah. just competitive storytelling. It's probably a better term for it, whether you're competing against yourself or others. But it shows there's something like really compelling about that kind of story like striving to be your best striving to even become mediocre at a thing that you love and so counter to what christopher and chip believe i chose ping pong as my no. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason is one thing i learned working at image comics we would we would do conventions and we would hand sell books there to literally thousands of people over a weekend and I learned that, like, you can talk someone into buying anything if you learn how to pitch it the right way. Like, if you kind of figure mm. out what they're into and kind of, like, why they like it, especially ugly books. Because once someone sees, like, why it's not <laughs> ugly, then, like, they're invested. Like, in, not only yeah, like, yeah. seeing it is not ugly, but, like, figuring out why it isn't. And so what my pitch is that if you like Creed, like, if the movie Creed with Ryan Coogler, mm. Michael B. Jordan made you cry, you will probably mm. really enjoy Ping Pong. From the yeah. perspective of both <laughs> competition, but also like getting control of your life and like making the right decisions, not going down the wrong path, finding a good mentor. There's so many different like cool lanes to appreciate the story from. And the art is like, I'll say it's ugly, but it's ugly in a way that's like ferociously entertaining. Like the energy really can't be beat. It's sort of like the manga version of those early image comics where it's like the anatomy is not the best like the proportions the perspective doesn't quite add up but you look at it and you're like oh this is awesome and then you're like oh but you know there's no feet so like very secondary problems and i think ping pong is kind of like that where you see people stretched out you see like the weird like lines on their arm but when you look at the whole page you're like oh this is like he's really striving to hit this ping pong ball sort of a deal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i think 
yeah, like for people who don't read a lot of manga, I think it's good to show that like ugly manga exists too, and it's also awesome. Because like we've had ugly comics forever. Like Rick and Morty is an ugly cartoon show. You know, it's like very well designed yeah. and aesthetically pleasing, but it's ugly, you know. <laughs> and so there's, you know, a place for all this stuff. I don't know. But yeah, ping pong. I totally I think I could convince not necessarily a sports fan to read it, but someone who likes sports stories. And I think there's like kind of yeah. a thin line in there. Competitive manga is a good phrase. Yeah. Yeah, because it goes for like Food Wars, Blue Giant, like a bunch of other things that we read. Because it's all kind of mm. the same story. Blank mm-hmm. Canvas. Mm. Yeah. Mm, blank Canvas too, yeah. I mean, that one's a little bit more mixed with a coming of age thing. But yeah, like, yeah. It really is like her competing maybe with herself even and that's like a big theme in a lot of the competitive manga i like that mm-hmm. competition manga we got to figure out what that is in japanese and so we could pretend that it's always <laughs> existed and only the four of us will know we'll that just we go and edit japanese term. wikipedia and yeah plant it. perfect yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well blue period too right yeah, yeah. Oh, actually uh, blue, blue period, period absolutely period too, yeah yeah while we were talking, mm. I was keeping track of a couple things. And one was how many books we chose that were about art or like making things. And mm-hmm. so which had to is on the list twice. Mars is on the list once. Blue Giant and then Ping Pong are kind of all sort of different angles on like the story about creatives. Like some are mm. coming of age. Others are just straightforward you know, storytelling narratives. And is it weird that so much manga is about like making manga, even in metaphor? No, I, I, I've been thinking about that. And it's just that write what you know thing. You know what I mean? Like, I like if you spend all your time locked up writing manga, when it comes to figuring out bits of plot or things like that, then art is going to be, I think, at the forefront. And even then, we haven't read we haven't read everything that's out there. In fact, yeah. until mm-hmm. like, and Deb, you actually recommended that K-drama last week's episode that was about Korean manhwa industry, right? Oh, well, there's two. Ren, I recommended is a Japanese show based on a Japanese manga. Oh, it's a Japanese show. Yeah. Oh, okay. But there's also a K-drama called Today's Webtoon, which is about the webtoon industry. Hmm. So there's a K-drama. Um, yeah, there's no shortage of this. <laughs> Chip is literally writing a comic book right now about making comic books in the comic book industry. It's true. It's called Public Domain. It's, it, this is true, Christopher Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, I, I think... Like even when you look at the world of novels, like how many novels are about like struggling writers, yeah, or, or successful writers, <laughs> or or like allegory for it, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think it's actually really hard to kind of get away from that kind of mm-hmm. storytelling, yeah, for sure. Oh, and we should shout out oh, All Rounder yeah. Meguru actually as well in terms of your competitive manga. That was one of your picks this year. Oh, for sure. That yeah, was yeah. like the most competitive manga had the characters <laughs> yeah. that were constantly fight, not only physically fighting with each other, but like at odds with one another yeah, uh, yeah. and having beef. So I thought that, I think that one's position. a real, yeah, right. <laughs> but, with, what, but, but with relatively low drama, it was like, yeah. one thing about yeah. all rounder Megu is just, it's basically about a bunch of guys grappling, but like the, mm-hmm. the drama doesn't get like, and if I don't win, then I won't be able to do this. And if, if this fails and you know, the, someone dies, you know, or like if there's, it's just like, I'm going to fight, and maybe I'll go pro, and maybe I won't go pro, but sure, it'd be nice to win, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like the most competitive slash least competitive of the competitive mangas. <laughs> yeah. There's a quote by this wrestler named Big E, when he's describing like what he wants out of wrestling, and he says he just wants big, meaty men slapping meat. That's what I want. There's really nothing to add. <laughs> and I feel like all-rounder Megaru is that, where it's just a bunch of meaty guys slapping meat. Wow. So it was massive. So, yeah, we had a good season. <laughs> Very meat heavy season this year. <laughs> David, did you finish reading All Rounder Meguro, by the way? Not yet. I keep running into other manga that I get obsessed with, like Tesla. Damn you. Yeah. You have to read that put, last chapter and get back to season. me. Because <laughs> your eyes will bug out at that last chapter, I swear. I'll have to skip ahead. <laughs> But so now we need to do the last part of our manga explaining retrospective, whose name I already forgot that I said it at the top of this episode. Retrospective recommendations, possibly. We'll fix it in editing. Mm. Is recommended, <laughs> <laughs> which is going to be recommending the first three books or possibly first four books of the next season. Shame mm. I hear you've got a recommendation. You're picking a book this time? Um, no. 
Okay, what? yes. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Tell us about it. Well, I mean, there was the uh, there was a book, was it last season? I think it was last season, that we all quite enjoyed. It was translated by a friend friend of the cast, Jocelyn. Mm. And it's uh, Even Though We're Adults. And I would like to read volumes two and three of that, just to see if they're still adults by the end of it, <laughs> if they handle everything <laughs> as adults. So that's uh-huh. that's that's my pick. That's pretty Well, good. I can't believe you're doing that and I don't want to read those, Chip. <gasps> wow. Guess who doesn't yeah, get a just choice? Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. That's I just wanted to fill the chip role for one week and be like, oh, I'm fine. We'll do it all season four, last. Sure. It's all season <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. four. Fine. Pick it last. Pick it last. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Actually, I, I think it. you still pick when it goes, so it's kind of up to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so we've got, even though we're adults, Deb, yeah. what have you got for us? This is a series I've been wanting to read in in its entirety, but I have not gotten around to it. Okay. I think it's worth talking about, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. It is Chainsaw Man, the two-time Harvey <laughs> Award-winning book <laughs> about, about a boy, his chainsaw demon dog, and his quest to get laid. How can you go wrong with that? <laughs> Shockingly, uh, you, you might have actually you might have actually beaten me, even though I ultimately picked the order of the books. <laughs> so that's very that's very impressive. <laughs> oh man, that's so good. Chip, yep. the shirt that I have with the French checks and the guy yelling, that's from Chainsaw mm-hmm. Man. Okay, all right. All right. I've seen some <laughs> cosplay, so um, I'm intrigued. Yeah, fully out of control. Man, that's a good pick, Deb. When the anime just started a couple weeks ago, I think. People are going nuts for it. It's really fun. It's kind of like, one, it's really gory, but it's heartwarming. And the female characters (laughs) are just crazy. Like, they're not, like, they don't care about the guys, but they, instead, Mm. like, one of the female characters basically out and out manipulates the guys and is completely remorseless about it. The other one's just a homicidal maniac. So they are, these they are, are all s- selling points, by the way. <laughs> yeah, 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 these yeah, are good yeah, things. Yeah. So the characters are just kind of off the charts interesting. Like, you can't really say that one is a trope. Like, oh, yeah, it's that kind of, like, you know, character. Oh, it's that kind of character. It's like, no. They're all kind of crazy in endearing ways. Also, it's about like poverty it. and class warfare. <laughs> <laughs> mm. All right. The deepest shonen manga of all. Mm-hmm. I love that Chainsaw Man was going on and it got too extreme for Jump. Like they had to take it out of the <laughs> magazine and put it on Jump. Plus. Really? <laughs> yeah. It got like oh, a little impressive. bit too mature readers. <laughs> Man. All right. Christopher, what have you got for us? Top of the season. Huge conflict of interest, actually. But I'm hopefully spooked. you'll all go with it. Dev and I, with Manga Splaining Extra, uh, and Andrew, who is asleep right now, are we announced our first book earlier this year and it's going to be coming out in 2023. Or second book, sorry. And it's going to be coming out Next summer, it's called Gigatown, and Deb is editing it. And it's about the little animals in Japan's first comics, which are like a just like a very famous scroll, basically, that is considered proto-comics. And Fumio Sono, who's a really respected mangaka who's done a lot of stuff, is doing a – it did a book about manga sound effects, like what the sound effects are, where they come from what they look like and has done it as four panel sort of gag strips with information. So it's like a very manga explaining book. It actually literally is manga that explains manga. And it's one of the reasons Deb picked it and suggested it. She's been a huge fan of it for a long time. And it's being published by Udon. And Udon is known mostly for Street Fighter comic books and video game art books. But they also have a line of books called manga classics, which are adaptations of classic like, you know, Western canon stories kind of thing in manga format by like original Hong Kong and uh, Malaysian and international artists, uh, Japanese artists as well. And this sort of fits in with that. And so because of that, we've kind of felt kind of weird about recommending an Udon book because we're actually working with Udon for the like half of the podcast. But I feel like if we could just be upfront and say, we're working with Udon, that maybe it it will hopefully dull the thud of the conflict of interest a little bit because I've really wanted to do this book for a long time. And it's Rosa Versailles. Oh, <laughs> one of the great classic shoujo manga, like one of the big, super influential ones that sort of changed shoujo in so many ways. And we'll get to it on the episode. It is maybe everything David was afraid that the Moto Hagyu episode was going to be <laughs> in that it is like, 
it's about the French Revolution, like the events leading up to the French Revolution, where Marie Antoinette is just this like absolutely spoiled, arrogant person who causes the downfall of the French monarchy and like her her faithful, basically her faithful captain of the guard and the person the captain of the guard is in love with and all this kind of stuff. It's 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 historical fantasy, it's shoujo, it's romantic, but it is over the top in every way. Like the filigree of the cover alone is kind of wild. And it is only available physically, so Chip is going to have to buy a copy before he leaves Toronto oh, and you. carry it with him back oh, to Vancouver. Unbelievable. <laughs> Are you allowed to pronounce the T in Toronto, by the way? I have moved away from Toronto and now I pronounce it correctly. I was curious about that. Okay. <laughs> so during that whole pitch, I thought you were gonna recommend Gigatown until you No, that would have been yeah. that won't be until that won't be until July twenty twenty three. But I needed to like be upfront about what the conflict was exactly. I so see. I've done work for Udon yeah, in the yeah. past. We're working with Udon in the future. But honestly, this is one that I wanted to do for a long time and I couldn't figure out until we actually announced that we were working with Udon. And so now it's it's a little clearer. But yeah, I really want to do this one. I think it's one of those foundational works that we're gonna read it and go. Oh, that's where everything in shoujo came from because that's where everything in shoujo, like before Boys Love was invented, basically. Isn't like everything this in, in Utena, mm-hmm. basically, or like the two? Oh, yes. Like this This is a direct precedent for Utena, for sure. Mm-hmm. And we could talk a little bit about that as well. So here's the thing. First volume's big. It's compiled of like, it's a the Udon version, and we'll get into it more specifically, but it's about two and a half volumes, maybe three volumes, depending. You don't have to read that much. I think that if you want to read that much, it's going to be your kind of thing for sure. But pick it up and start reading and see how far you get. Because it is like, an, like it's not an archaic work, but it is definitely from the 60s. Yeah. Like it is an older <laughs> work, but it is, and it is from of a different time. time and place. But it, and it's of a time in a lot of ways, but also it's, it's fascinating. Like it's a really really interesting look at manga from that time period. And it's going to be like a great counterpoint to some of the classic manga we did, like Devilman. Like, I think it's just as crazy as Devilman, but in a shoujo context in a lot of ways. So I think it's mm. going to be a, I think it's going to be an interesting pick and an interesting read. So sorry for going on, but I needed to be like super clear about where I was coming from with that one, uh. just to avoid any unpleasantness down the road. So yeah, Rose of Versailles. I think <laughs> Who it's cares? Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I've also come to the conclusion of who cares. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Well, is your first pick of the year a Viz book or are we still not doing that? It's not, but that's because that feels like homework. <laughs> I have a different fair, yeah, yeah. That is fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Rose of Versailles by Ryoko Ikeda Sensei. And yeah, it, that's that's my pick. Nice. So I've got the last pick. And earlier, Christopher mentioned we all went to Japan together. It was us four and Nick Tragata, mm. who's obviously an amazing artist and way too busy to be podcasting. And <laughs> one thing we did was wander around Tokyo, just finding bookstores, going to different shops and things. And I was hanging out with Christine Wong and Jared, whose last name I just realized I don't know. And I've known him for like six or seven years now. <laughs> wow. Samson. There we go. Yeah. So I was hanging out with them in Don Quixote. And, you know, we we're talking, looking at books. There's like t-shirts, there's sex toys, there's manga. And I saw a book on the shelf. I was like, oh, that's a cool cover. Let me check it out. And I'm going to show the gang. It was this book. Oh, okay. Under Ninja by Kengo Hanazawa, which was at the time untranslated. But I was like, this looks like something that I would like. And it was running in Young Magazine, Home of Akira, which I love, and a bunch of other books, which I used to also enjoy when I was younger. And essentially, I'll read the back cover copy because it's pretty solid. Yeah. Ninjas enjoyed glory in the Japan of bygone times. They disappeared when their organizations were dissolved during the country's allied occupation of Japan. However, their existence continued in secret. Some say that their ranks numbered 200,000 members. Among these, elite ninjas covertly deal with crises at a national level. On the other hand, marginal members found work hard to come by. One of these ninjas between jobs was Kuro Kumogakure. And he is what they call a lower ninja, which means he does not have a job. He lives in a very small (laughs) apartment. And he also does not have a refrigerator, so he sneaks into his neighbor's apartment and uses his fridge. <laughs> <laughs> With his ninja prowess, that's With perfect. his ninja prowess, it's kind of amazing. And, you know, upper or career ninjas are ones who have, like, paychecks, let's say. They have <laughs> yeah, yeah. They dole out the assignments. And essentially, it's a story of a loser ninja who ends up getting wrapped into something bigger than himself. I don't want to say too much because the book technically comes out in December. I got it in an early pre-order from the Denpa Twitter account. 
Oh, wow. But, nice. Yeah, I had to go for it. I've really been looking forward to this book. So once Ed announced it, I was like, all right, I got to get on this. Wow. It's tonally, I would say I could never bring Ninja Slayer to the podcast because it's too like deeply ironic and hard to read if you're not like really mm-hmm. into that kind of thing. But this is sort of like if you read Daredevil, I think you'll get like the ninja lore in this. Like that's the kind of entry level thing they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if, what if you yeah. wrote Daredevil? Will you get it or no? <laughs> no, it's going to be way hard to get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but I just the it, way fair. it flips, like the ninja lore, the tricks. I mean, it's very much up my alley. It might be the raw hero of the season, depending on how you feel about it. <laughs> oh, wow. Here we go. I was wow. doing the sickos, like, yes, laugh the entire time. I was <laughs> so, Under Ninja by Kengo Hanazawa. I actually, I read his previous work, I Am a Hero, which a bunch of people uh-huh. love was made into a movie. I didn't like it because I hate zombies. And at the time I was working at the zombie factory of Image Comics. So I was like, no oh, way. Oh, no yeah. Way. Yeah, yeah. But looking at this, I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally get why people would like his work. So I think we'll have a yeah. good time with it. So we've got wow. Under Ninja. We've got, I already forgot all the other picks. Rose we've, got, we've, we've got Chainsaw Man, Under Ninja, we got Rosa Versailles, and then my mm-hmm. uh, Even Though We're Adults. Nice. That's kind of nice, right? Like, yeah, that's a nice mix. Like some, some girl stuff, some boy stuff? Yeah. Um, I don't see gender, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we actually did hit Shonen, Seinen, Jose, and Shoujo really? with our four picks without even planning. <laughs> This is pretty impressive. This is a very hard decision. I think obviously Chainsaw Man takes the top spot. I think that's a great title to debut the new season with. Mm, agreed. Even even from a marketing standpoint, I think that makes sense. That's what we're all about here at Monk's Flaming. <laughs> and also, you know what? Look Back is probably still my favorite actual book that mm, we've done mm. on this podcast. I'm very curious to see what Chainsaw Man is all about. I would put my pick second. But Under Ninja is so good. <laughs> a loser ninja. But I'm also worried. You said it comes out in December. Like, maybe we should put that towards the end so we can actually read it mm. and put the episode out. I think that makes sense. Is it a digital or no? Uh, it will be digital. I asked mm. Dinpa on Twitter. They said it'll be out digital for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering in terms of us putting the podcast out, like, whether or not we. Yeah time it so people can actually read it <laughs> so so i might actually put under ninja in last just because of that Makes sense. number four and then even though we're adults would be number two because i want to read it <laughs> rosa versailles i would put dead last if i could <laughs> because i, I see it's expensive also because i see what you've i see what you've done here you earlier you talked about my book public domain Giving a little like little free promo on our our, our hit <laughs> podcast. Meanwhile, in the back of your mind, you knew you'd be diving into this conflict territory. You were. I, did. I, I know. I know. I know you. I actually moved to Taiwan, and that was one of the only English language books I brought with me. Was Rosa Versailles Volume One because I knew two months ago that I was going to pick it on the podcast at some point. Mm-hmm. This season, but since I haven't found a good English language bookstore yet, I'm going to pick it first so that Just I can amazing. find something else. Just for amazing. Book so, yeah. Are so say over here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Even I though I've already been to the Beguiling. Oh, Deb was considering it for a long time, I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but, but, I was thinking about she, it like. She knew better. It, it was like manga natto, you know? <laughs> it's like, like natto is, some, is an acquired taste. Something that most Japanese people like putting in front of non-Japanese people to see how they react. Mm. Yeah, anyway. I can't. All right. <laughs> no. On my short trip here to Toronto, I, I, I rushed down to the Beguiling to sign a bunch of books I needed to sign and then said my goodbye to them. I will never come back. Oh. <laughs> and then there were a few more things I needed for me to sign. I'm like, oh, I just don't have the time to get down there. And so this morning... Alex from Beguiling came to my studio and I signed the rest of the stock and, and he went away with it. And now I actually have to go back down there in person. <laughs> really funny to make Alex deliver that book to you, though. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so mad right now. Make Peter get on his bike and deliver it to you. That'd be even funnier. <laughs> Is it snowing there yet? No. It's 28 yet. degrees here today. It's pretty good. <laughs> so anyways, okay. So that's my order. Uh, Chainsaw Man, even though we're adults. Rosa Versailles and an Under Ninja 
only for reasons of scheduling. <laughs> I love the tonal whiplash in all of these. Yeah. It's such a good. weird four episodes. I love it. So before we had the podcast, I had a secret, not a secret. I told you three about the secret plan, but the listeners did not know about my secret plan, which was that if, if one book was chosen by three or more of us, it would be get the much vaunted, definitely not just invented manga explaining triple crown award. <laughs> and <laughs> despite Chip and Chris's identical picks, it didn't happen. <laughs> but because blue giant was on Deb's list, my list and Christopher's list, I think that means it has to get the award because we all enjoyed it quite a bit. We all spoke very complimentary of it. I think there's something about Blue Giant that we should honor a little bit. I thought it was Witch Hat Atelier because I wanted that was on my short list. Yeah, because Chip and Chip and Devin, we got two. Oh, I think you got wow, we got two Atelier. triple blue. We got two triples. Wow, that is Giant and Witch Hat Atelier. <laughs> Literally in the first time out. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. and those are both Deb picks. Deb knows what she's talking about. She picked both of those <laughs> titles for the podcast, and we all like the well. Many of us liked them so much that we all picked them. <laughs> cross Game, though, should be on there, too, because Cross Game is wonderful. It's, yeah. It's a great, great, great book. But it didn't get the Triple Crown. Uh, yeah, the no. The moral of Manga Splaining Season 3 is we've got great taste. So we're going to take a break. We'll come back and do some shout-outs. <laughs> we've, got, we've got great similar taste is actually yeah. the takeaway there. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we are back. Every time I edit an episode, I think, oh, we should change what we say when we come back from an episode break, because we always say, and we're back. But it works. <laughs> We've got shout outs to close out our season four retrospective recommendation episode. And I'm going to go first, because I made everyone else go first for the first half of the episode, just so that I can pitch under Ninja last. And <laughs> my shout out is a movie that is a Hulu original. And Whoa. it's Rosalind which is the story of Romeo's ex-girlfriend from Romeo and Juliet, starring Caitlin mm. Deaver, who played Loretta McCready from Justified. And it's basically just a straight-up like teen rom-com kind of thing. Like She gets dumped and then tries to mess up their relationship, and then their relationship is the whole story of Romeo and Juliet. And I really enjoyed it, because <laughs> one of my favorite plays is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yeah. Because as a kid, I was like, I didn't know that you could do this, you know, like do a story about a story that's kind of like fiddling with it. <laughs> and like, this is very much that, you know, like she sees them when they're passed out, like drinking the poison and whatnot. And I just had a really fun time. It's not like super great. A lot of the actors are like almost versions of other actors, but it like hit all the marks in like the really nice way. It's a nice movie to watch with someone. So Rosalind on Hulu. Deb, what do you have for us? <laughs> Well, as usual, recency bias, <laughs> meaning the last, the last <laughs> book I read. <laughs> so I read yeah. Welcome to the Ballroom, Volume 11. It's a manga about a boy discovering ballroom dancing. It's a series that's been on hiatus for a little bit, for about a year or two. So the 
volume, I think because the artist was having some health issues. So it's so nice to be able to get back to the story. It's It comes back because when it took a break, it was at this big dance meet and you didn't know who was going to win. So it's, yeah, it's kind of interesting because it's a shonen manga, but it's also drawn from an adult point of view. One of the competitors mm. that, uh, that is the rival dancer is a man in his mid-20s who had a serious auto accident and goes through rehab. But he's also mm. very cynical and burnt out and not sure why he's still dancing. And the action sequences are really dynamic and beautifully drawn. Volume 11 t- finishes with that uh, one arc and then takes you on to the next one. So mm-hmm. it's a sports manga, but not a sports manga. I like it a lot. <laughs> Hmm. Nice. Cool. Yeah, that sounds really good. Chip, what have you got for us? I went to a movie theater. Whoa. That's a big change for you. I know. It was a big change for me. Uh, I was the only person wearing a mask in the movie theater. (laughs) And I saw Triangle of Sadness, which is is kind of the new dark comedy from the director. I don't know what nationality is, but he did one of my favorite movies the last 10 years, Force Majeure. Oh, I don't know it. Force Majeure is amazing. They unfortunately made an American version, as is often the case, called Downhill with Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. But the the original, uh, I guess is a double shout out, the original Force Majeure is about a family on a vacation somewhere like the Alps, and then an avalanche uh, starts to come at them. But it, it turns out to be just like a, like a, a, a detonation and no one was hurt. But uh, in the melee, the dad ran away. Oh, I think you mentioned this on season one at some point. Yeah, probably, probably, because yeah. I, I love it. <laughs> and so it's just all about the the fallout from that. Like like the dad just trying to be like, no, I, I didn't. I don't, know, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, you left us to die. <laughs> so Triangle of Sadness has a similar discomfort, but it's about a yacht full of wealthy people on holiday and how horrible they are and everything that goes wrong. And Woody Harrelson is the alcoholic captain of the boat and there's Instagram influencers and it's just the worst people, just the worst people. And <laughs> it's such a dark, funny movie. Uh, I loved it. And well worth awesome. going to the good. theater. Yeah. Nice. And Christopher, what have you got for us? I want to shout out Deb Aoki. Ooh. <laughs> Deb's Wait, lovely. Our Deb? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she bought me this shirt in Hawaii that I'm wearing currently. Oh. And it helped me win an informal contest at a bachelor party I found myself invited to as what? soon as I got to Taipei. I was introduced to people at a bar and it's like, cool, my bachelor party's in two days. You should come. We're all wearing Hawaiian shirts. And I'm like, I have got you covered because that's all I own at this point. And I wore an actual Hawaiian shirt from Hawaii and I won. I had the best Hawaiian shirt out of the group of dudes who were at the Hawaiian shirt bachelor party in Taiwan at the wing restaurant that we went to. Not Hooters, surprisingly. So, Deb, thank you very much. I have this Hawaiian shirt (laughs) thanks to you. And it helped me win friends and influence people, which is exactly what I need to do for the first month in a new country that I don't know anybody in. But what was the actual prize? I have got a new good friend. He's He's nice. His name's Corey. All right. He and his wife, her soon-to-be wife, Sally, are, are nice people. So the prize was the friendship you made along the way? Prize was the friendship <laughs> I made along the way, actually. Also, the wings were pretty good, and it was at a craft brewery. So, I, you know, it was, a, it was a trifecta for me. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Oh, um, did you wear that one or the Godzilla one? I wore this one. I, don't, I didn't think they were ready for the Godzilla one yet, but this is the Kona <laughs> Brewing one. But I've been wearing the Godzilla one out, and I do get looks because they're just like, what is he wearing? Anyway, it's good. It's, I really like it a lot. So, Deb, thank you so much. That was very, was a very thoughtful gift that came in weirdly handy, actually. <laughs> and you can get yours if you go to Ren Spooner in Hawaii. <laughs> Top class. Drop that in the show notes, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Done. I will. This is just plugs this week. Just plugs and plugs and plugs. Yeah. Hawaiian shirts, Christine and Jared, Udon, Viz. Public domain. Oh, public public domain. domain. Available now. While Deb was talking, I realized I know what my break my conflict of interest book is. It's what's the that? volume of real that's all about the wrestler. Yeah. Where oh, kind of come to a head. There. It's almost a standalone volume. I need to reread it just to be sure. But yeah, you've been trying to. Yeah. Recommend that to Chip for almost a year now, actually. Yeah, because so. I feel like any rule can be broken if your reason is good enough, which is probably not great. 
<laughs> That's what I keep telling my wife. Right? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so on that note, <laughs> that has been our fourth season of Manga Explaining. Our retrospective recommendation episode, recommendation retrospective, one of those two. I'll pick it when I edit. Or maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just leave all this in. It's been a fun mm. time. It's nice to look back at all the books we've covered and see like what the peaks were. But even while we've been talking about books, we keep mentioning other stuff we've read, almost like yeah. it's impossible to pick a favorite. And I yeah. think that's the joy of having like a little book club kind of situation like this is we're always exposing each other to books that we kind of vetted or have a good hunch about will probably be pretty mm. good. And the fact that people listen and enjoy the stuff that we talk about is icing on the cake. Yeah. I don't have a baseball metaphor for that. Maybe Christopher has one we can close out with. Uh, it's one down? of those games in Japan where the fans are really involved and know all the chants. There you yes, go. Yes. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so when we do manga explaining live, bring your flashing lights and chants and we'll be right here. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next season. This has been Manga Explaining, episode number 84. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing the manga Chainsaw Man by Tatsuki Fujimoto. Want to pick up a copy? Consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop. Find one near you at comicshoplocator.com or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also check it out online with a Shonen Jump subscription. You can follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplaining.com and check out our newsletter and digital publishing endeavor at mangasplainingextra.com. Thanks to DADS for the musical accompaniment of this episode.